Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Tuesday. Blessed Shrove Tuesday, Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, Carnival, Pancake Day, whatever name you have for it. The last day of the ordinary time in the modern calendar the last day of Septuagesima in the traditional calendar, as we prepare to enter into the season of Lent tomorrow with Ash Wednesday, a very, very special day indeed. And so I hope that whatever it is that you're celebrating, it has been a good one. You've been able to have the last of the meats before entering into the season of fasting and abstinence, whatever uh, path you are choosing to follow, whether the bare minimum of what the church requires or something a little bit more rigorous. And more importantly, welcome to episode 482 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight, oh man, the Super Bowl happened this weekend. Boy, howdy. There were some trailers for movies, and uh, let's just say some of them look good, some of them not so much. So we obviously have some stuff to talk about from that. I've not seen every single trailer that came out at the Super Bowl because I wasn't watching the Super Bowl. I watched it at the very end just to see what happened, to be able to kind of just know what the feel was and seemed like it was an interesting game tied until the very end going into overtime and such happy to hear that they have finally changed those silly rules that allows for two possessions. I always thought it was silly when I used to actually watch it. I used to actually care back in the day, but ultimately the ending that happened that everyone thought would happen did. And Taylor Swift won the Super Bowl, everybody. <laughs> Oh, but luckily, we're not going to be focusing as much on that, but more so about the movie trailers, because, again, there's a couple of good ones out there. Also, tonight on the show, talking about some box office talk, as the box office has been dead. It's dead, Jim. One of the worst weekends this past weekend in years, which is saying quite a bit, because the box office has been pretty bad for a very long time now. Let's just say Argyle is not moving the needle, and it looks like Madame Webb, Madame Webb, whatever way you want to say it, is not going to move the needle either. A film I have just no interest in seeing. And also, One Love, the Bob Marley story, or Bob Marley, a One Love, whatever the story is, randomly coming out as well. And it just continues to remind me how, how silly our culture has become when the priorities of this corporate holiday, right, which used to be an actual holy day of the church, being the Feast of St. Valentine, very interesting story of the martyrdom of Valentine and and also just some of the other information that we do have about him that has been preserved through history. But no, instead, we're going to commercialize it, put out movies that people just don't have an interest in watching. I'm sure everyone wants to bring their date to go see Madam Web uh, on, on, uh, on things Valentine's Day. But more importantly, it's Ash Wednesday tomorrow, and that is, again, another reminder of just how bad our culture has gotten. The fact that everything is all about Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day. It's like Feast of St. Valentine. Thank you very much. And more importantly, Lent? <laughs> Ash Wednesday, anybody? But I digress. Also, talking a little bit about Shrove Tuesday as we go along as well. Before getting further, please make sure you smash that like button. Light up that fire button on Aussie and smash the rumble button as well. I actually don't know if rumble is working tonight because as I was trying to open up the page, it was loading like molasses, like going so slowly. And then when I sent a message out before the stream uh, started or at the very beginning with the intro playing, uh, all the messages went out to different platforms with the with the little chat highlighter that I use. 
except for uh, Rumble. Uh, so looks like, okay, it just pulled, pulled my screen back up and it looks like King Ken Rumshki's message has come through through Rumble. So if there's any issues on Rumble, I don't know, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I do not know what to tell you, my friend. I wish that I could help, but I am afraid I typically can't. Um, that would reminds me because the one thing I do know how to help on is when there are issues over on Odyssey. So let me actually just double check and make sure the sound's coming through. Perfect. It's coming through over there. So shout out to anyone who eventually will be watching over there. Let's go ahead and say hello to the people in the chat, though. I've I've vamped long enough. First, we got Kimberly G. Kimberly G. What's going on? Kimberly G. Killian Shadowcat says, Howdy, Odin, Mods, and everybody. Happy Fat Tuesday. Blessed Trove Tuesday to you as well. Joey Horn in the chat. What's going on, good sir? Thanks for being here. We got Rob D. in the chat. J.S. Pena says, Ahoy. Ahoy to you. By the way, I know that there were chats from earlier than this. Unfortunately, because of just the craziness of the schedule of having two young kids and school and everything else, today was just not a, a good day as far as time, so I was not able to get my chat set up as early as I like. Also, for some reason, the alerts box is 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 malfunctioning. It's signed into a, a different account, so I, I hope to be able... Excuse me. I hope to be able to figure that out over the course of the stream. And if I'm able to, then it should be okay. But if not, please know I will do everything within my power. It's one of those things where every time it signs you out, you always forget which account you use, which account is going to give you the most up-to-date alerts. It's how I get my notifications on like Super Chats and uh, uh, Streamlabs chats, Streamlabs donations, and other things like that. So I will hope to get this up and running. It looks like I finally did. What do you know? That's just the way it goes sometimes. On the fly. What do you know? Orange Hat Reviews, or rather, sorry, the man with the orange hat. I'm sorry to dead name you like that, good sir, but the man with the orange hat says, Welcome to Asgard. Behave or I will ban you. Spamming. Keep the language PG-13. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Please keep it family friendly. We like keeping things family family friendly here over at OMB Reviews, including our chat. That's why one of the best chats in the business. We got Ikthulu. What is going on? Happy Tuesday. And the great people in the chat. Absolutely. Best people. Best people, best community in the chat, for sure. Remember, Sci-Fi, what is going on? Joey Horn, happy Father's Day Tuesday to all... <laughs> what? What? What in the world is that supposed to mean, Joey Horn? I'm very, very confused by that statement. All right, we got Super Anime Gamer saying, hey what is up, my dude? What is up, Super Anime Gamer? What is going on? Thanks for being here. As the name of the orange hat says, make sure you put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, at Odin. It lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. Unless you're watching on Odyssey, in which case, just put the name Odin, and and that will also suffice. Joey Horn, happy Fat Tuesday to all. Happy Blessed Shrove Tuesday to you as well. Forever Sci-Fi, happy Jelly Donut Day. Yeah, again, there's so many different things that people uh, have as far as traditions. It's always fun explaining that to, to, to students as well, just because so many of them just don't know. And maybe y'all don't know this either, but y'all know that the whole premise of Carnival, right, of Carnival... Literally means carne, meat, val, essentially a goodbye. So the whole point of carnival is to say goodbye to meat. Because back in the old days, before our society got very soft, there used to actually be a lot more of a rigorous practice of fasting and abstinence during the entire season of Lent. People would abstain from meat from the entire season, not just on the Fridays or of Lent and on Ash Wednesday like it is now. And then you would also have people fasting every single day, uh, too. In fact, in the old school, you went essentially vegan the entire season of, of Lent, which is the whole reason. That's why it's just so frustrating because 
all the traditions that we have for Mardi Gras, right, for Pancake Day, Shrove Tuesday, the only reason why they exist is because of, of the church. It's because of Lent, right? Why Pancake Day? Because as you're about to enter into Lent, what do you do? You get rid of the things that are going to go bad over that 40 days that you're going to be fasting from. So that would include milk, eggs. Oh, what can you do with milk and eggs? A little bit of flour. You can make pancakes, right? And this is where king cakes find their origins as well. Obviously, in connection with the Feast of Epiphany, of King's Day, Three Kings Day. And again, it just, it always, you know, it always frustrates me whenever it's like, man, how much our culture has lost as far as these these basic Christian roots to these different days, right? Because now what does Mardi Gras become? It's just become this day of debauchery, right? And it's it's been that way for such a long time. And it's just sad because we kind of miss out on the whole point of, of everything, and it, it makes me sad. It makes me sad. Uh, the man with the orange hat is correct. I do sometimes fall about 20 to 40 minutes behind in the chats because I do like to try to read as many chats as I can. We got Laura, the mother major general story. Also, I feel like it's been a long time since I've been on a stream because uh, things have been a little hectic. I think last week was Baby Thor was, was sick. I forget if it was Baby Thor was sick or I was sick. Because I know, like, one week, I, my voice just couldn't take it, and then, you know, baby Thor got sick, and it was just, uh it was awful. Um, he's he's fine now. Everything's great. But, yeah, it was just, it was a, a crazy last couple of weeks. I don't even know if I've talked to y'all since Megacon. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't think I have. The time is such a weird thing for me, right? Because that whole weekend is a bit of a blur, right? For those that don't know, I went to Megacon in Orlando, literally drove in right after school on Friday, Got in around 10 p.m. at night or so, and then got up the next day, all day at the con. Awesome. Uh, I got to meet Valiant Renegade. Shout out to Valiant Renegade, my brother uh, from New Orleans, uh, from the New Orleans area. It was just amazing to be able to uh, meet him in person, to have conversations with him. Um, I was able to, to buy him breakfast. He got me later on by buying me dinner. Thank you again for the pizza, good sir. And it was a lot of fun. It was it was just so much fun. But obviously, on my feet all day, talking with people, which was great. Um, wearing a backpack, which was heavier than it probably should have been, because I overpack for a lot of these things. And and so by the end of the night, my shoulders were just killing me because I had just been standing for so long and I had been you know wearing the backpack. But it was amazing meeting so many amazing people. Uh, and again, I really don't think I have actually talked to y'all since MegaCon. And it was just it was just such an amazing experience, like it always is. And, you know, even though the drive is crazy, I always am, am just so humbled because I think back to the first meetup I ever did. And some of y'all who've been here for a while may might remember this because I believe this was back in 2018, maybe 2019, where there was the Chicago Star Wars celebration. And I remember I flew up to Chicago uh, to, to be able to, to do some work with Geeks and Gamers. And it was it was so overwhelming because I struggle with social anxiety and I was going to a place that I had never been. I was going to meet people, many of whom I had never met before, except just interactions online. And it was it was really intense. And it's just an awesome thing to, to now kind of look back at that and think how much has changed. Right. I'm, I'm now I'm just so much more comfortable. And I think it's because of just meeting so many amazing people. So if you're one of the persons that I was able to talk to in Orlando, um, Again, thank you so much for coming and, and for talking with me, um, and and that's why I keep doing it because it's just again it's so much fun. It makes me look forward to things like you know who knows. I, I think nothing's official yet for Dallas, but I think that would be the next major one that I would be able to go to. Obviously, this time this year it's going to be a little trickier because obviously having 
little baby Sif this year, a little baby girl who's four months. Crazy that she's getting about nine days, I think, from being five months. It's just oh, it's so crazy how much time has flown by. She's almost half a year to think of it, right? So again, five months, not too far away from six months, and that would be half a year, which is so, so crazy, but obviously so, so very blessed um, by her and and just by by this growth in our family. So my hope is that I, I, I would be able to make that work, but it does make me excited. Basically going back to it, things like Orlando Megacon really do, I think, uh, inspire me. They it makes me want to keep doing the things that I'm doing. And I've mentioned this several times, you know, over the years that I do this because it's fun. And as soon as it stops being fun, that that's when I, I walk away. And it was really cool being able to connect with people. And again, shout out to Valiant Renegade, because seriously, uh, we have so much more in common, you know, and you, you kind of figure that out when you actually meet someone in person. And uh, so yeah, shout out to you, good sir. All right, fear of FEMA in the chat. Happy Tuesday. Hope you all got some Poxki. Uh, I've heard of that before. I don't think I've ever had it. Zaid Manzani, what is going on? Welcome back. We got Master of Gaming in the chat also. Hey, it's you. Thank you very much for being here. Let us see. Rob D, I watched exactly zero seconds of the Super Bowl. Hey, kudos to you, man. I almost decided to not watch it. Had it been a, a blowout, there's no way I, I would have turned it on. But I was like, okay, it's a 16-16 game. That's interesting. Would really love to see, you know, the the the, the Chiefs just completely, you know, implode for no other reason than because I think it, it almost felt like the world was against the Chiefs just because of all of the nonsense that is the whole Taylor Swift narrative that was being pushed nonstop. Um, but unfortunately, that just was not the case. Kagan Rumsky, who is over on Rumble, what's going on, good sir, says, Did you root for the Swifties? Heck no. You know I'm about as anti-Swifty as you can possibly get. Shout out to them, though. Again, I got to give credit where credit is due, okay? Taylor Swift made bank off of her deal with AMC for the theatrical version of her concert. Then she convinces Disney to spend $75 million, reportedly, on the rights to distribute said film on Disney+. Plus. It shows a couple of things. One, how desperate Disney is, but also just how stupid they are. They just throw money away. And I'm not saying that that might not be worth the money because Taylor Swift does bring a lot of people. But I looked to the theatrical experience and the people that went to go see that were the hardcore Swifties. And it made sense for them to go see it in a theater because it is as close as you can kind of get to a... A like a stadium experience, right? Going with your friends and the loud music and everything. I don't know how much of that's going to translate on Disney+. And again, maybe I'm wrong. If you're a Swifty, please let me know. If you're a Swifty, tell me. Are you compelled to, you know, if you don't have Disney+, buy it just so that you can watch the concert again and again and again on Disney+, on streaming, on your computer, on home TV? It just, it just I don't know. It doesn't seem to make sense to me. Right, that that it would be of a even somewhat similar experience as either being there live in concert, or at least if you can't be there live, watching it on the big screen in a theater. Again, that makes a little bit more sense sense to me. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether they are actually able to get new subscribers just from that alone. I again, I don't see it. Maybe I'll have to talk to some Swifties, get some Swifties input on this to find out what exactly the the deal is. But again. Got to give credit to Taylor Swift for being able to essentially swindle millions of dollars out of Disney, especially. 
Let's see. Ambrose Chamberpot at 732 says, The one review I heard on Madam Web was not good at all. Yeah, I watched my go-to reviewer, other than Critical Drinker, who is amazing, uh, of course, is going to be Jeremy Johns. He, he, to me, is just one of the more consistent reviewers, is, is much more of an you know, everyday kind of guy versus the you know this elitist snobbery that you find from so many other reviewers. And uh, he gave it a, a dog crap rating, his lowest rating. Um, which I, I had suspected was a was a good possibility, but the fact that that was the score that it received is just kind of amazing, and it just does not bode well for for the film. I, I mean, that movie was already not projected to do all that well, and yet here we are now, where the film will probably end up doing so much worse than what had been initially anticipated. I I wonder actually because of the earlier release. I assume then we we might have to uh, look to see if they have any weekend forecasting. So because of the early release, there is no early forecasting yet on 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 any of that front. But before then, the long range forecasting for Madam Web was a three day opening. Interestingly, that they were doing this three day opening, even though they have the release date of the fourteenth, saying a fifteen to twenty four million dollars now. Something tells me that that's probably going to end up being the five day is 15 to 24. That's awful. Their total domestic range projections was 42 to 78 million. Good grief, man. And you know, Madam Webb costs at least 100 million. Okay, reportedly 80 million. Okay. Okay, sure. Still, you're not making that money back making 42 to 78 million domestically unless you're making a huge amount of money, at least double that amount in the overseas market, which you just not likely going to see anytime soon. But oh boy, get ready, everybody. Keely Chow at 732 says, it's deader than the Cowboys' chances of winning another Super Bowl. Dang, never say never. All right. If the Saints can win one Super Bowl, and they'll never let that go, by the way, Champion Square exists, all that stuff because of one Super Bowl. <laughs> I-, I mean... Cowboys got a chance. Never, never say never, man. All right. Whoever Sci-Fi, who's a member, says, I didn't bother watching the Swifty Bowl once my Lions had been knocked out. I mean, I honestly would have probably watched the entire game had it been what Lions-Ravens was was one of the potential outcomes. That would have been interesting to me, right? That that would have been, okay, right? We have two teams that I don't believe had won in quite a long time, if ever, in the case of the Lions. Again, my knowledge of football is not vast. But... Instead, you get, great, a team that has won several championships, or at the very least has, has gone to several Super Bowls, especially in the last 10, 15 years, and then another team that it's like, okay, I'm just kind of tired of these same old teams the entire time, you know? Yeah, Kimberly G, I saw that review. Jeremy Johns did, did indeed give it a dog crap rating. Kelly Chow, it's deader than, okay, saw that one. I don't know if that was a repeat by accident or what. Uh, Orange Hat says, the Marvel story that I am writing is guaranteed to be more interesting than the current phase of the MCU. Yeah, I saw that dude, Orange Chat, posting over on Criticless. There is a book club over there, and I saw that you had posted the uh, the story for that, or at least what you've worked on so far. I just don't have a lot of time to, to be able to, to read it myself, but hey, man, kudos to you. And that's what we got to do, right? It's not just about calling out the nonsense, being critical of it. That's important. But also, if we have the time and if we have the capacity to create something, absolutely, right, we should do that. That's why it's awesome what Critical Drinker is doing, 
you know, making his, his short film and, and trying to kind of enter into that space. I think there's a lot of potential there to the epic verse, right? To Josiah, um, Epic Mike, and so many others that are just, again, putting their money where their mouth is, trying to actually create films, create culture. Um, the, the, the trailer that dropped that uh, Epic Mike, I believe he's the director of, looked really cool. Right, and I'm I'm saying that obviously I'm a member of Geeks and Gamers, and so there's a lot of you know intertwined and interconnectedness there. But I say that as someone who, if it's not good, I'm going to be honest about it. I'm the kind of person where when I went to go see theater productions when I was younger, and it was not good. If if I had a friend that was in the play and they asked me what they thought what I thought about it, I would tell them, yeah, I'm gonna be honest, it wasn't very good. That, that's just the kind of person. It's not because I'm trying to be mean. It's not just because I'm I'm trying to be a jerk. It's it's because I I want to be honest. Now I'm not gonna you know tear them apart in such a way that it's uncharitable. But at the same time, you know we we gotta be we gotta be straightforward. Um. Oh man. Okay. I gotta read this. So one minute ago, surprise mustard attack. <laughs> surprise mustard attack. Thank you for the $5 donation via Streamlabs. Let me go ahead and refresh that so I can play again. Oh, man. He says, hey, Odin, it's actually Mozamboni. Thanks for taking so much time to give me so many great tips on starting to stream and talking about Christianity and my walk. Uh, Odin is a real one, folks. Hashtag brothers in mustard, dude. Oh, man. Mozamboni, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. I also saw that you had uh, subscribed earlier, too. Yeah, man. Uh, hopefully, the advice helped. I, I'm someone where I, again, I'm, I'm a normal person. I'm a normal guy. And so, obviously, I have some experience just having done this for many years. And so, I, I try to give whatever advice I can. I, I don't think that it's necessarily going to be good or great or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, dude, thank you so much for coming out to, to MegaCon and, and for talking with me, man. And, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, just again, thank you so much for that super chat. Thank you for that uh, Streamlabs donation, man. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know how much of it has been explained or not. I think I'd put this on social media. Um, but at Megacon, I was talking with shout out to Blaine from Criticlist. Blaine from Criticlist came down. And man, first, let me tell that story. So Blaine, who is the CEO of Criticlist. And as you all know, I'm a big fan. I'm a user on that platform. I'm not sponsored by them. I just really love the platform. And I've started to become friends with, with Blaine and some of the others on there. And we had been in talks and communications about how I was going to MegaCon. He had thought about it. And so he decides, like, I think the week or two weeks before that he's going to go ahead and, and go down, try to you know meet some people, try to, uh, you know, do everything he can to, you know, get the word out on Criticlist. Because, again, he, he wants... He, Firmly believes in it, and and that's why I'm just so supportive of, of what he's doing. So when he first got there, because he got there, I think the day before I did, the entire day on Friday when I'm driving up, I'm getting these messages because he has food poisoning. <laughs> so he gets to Orlando, gets food poisoning, is out for the entire day, and the whole time he's like, look, I can't even get out of my bed to walk across the room to do anything. I just want to be well so that on Saturday when he went to MegaCon, he, he would be okay. So luckily, he got a lot of rest. He was able to wake up and feel so much better. So he was able to meet me over at, at MegaCon, and we were able to have conversations, meet people, things like that. So we're, we're next to each other. Uh, Mo Zamboni, again, also was, <laughs> was there too. And there was a lot of other people. Again, I, I can't remember everybody, and I'm terrible with names. I think I was honest about that too um, when I was there. 
And as we're talking, right, first off, we're next to these trash cans because the the one thing about Megacon that drives me nuts is that it, it almost feels and honestly feels like they oversell. And, and I know that's kind of a part of cons and stuff, but I don't know. Like there's there's OK, the, the con is packed because there's a lot of people there. And then there's OK, we're trapped like sardines in here and it's uncomfortably packed. You know, and it's not like they don't have extra space that they could open this up and and let it breathe a little bit. Maybe even get more tickets sold because, you know, they want to actually be able to provide some comfort. I don't know. It's just one of those things that you'd kind of wish that they had been able to, to pick up. But anyway, we're next to these trash cans because it's one of the only places that we can actually stand and talk without being in the way of this giant traffic. We're right across from the Riververse booth. Shout out to Riververse. Uh, they, they had an amazing con. I mean, they had a line at their booth every single day that I was there and and just it was nonstop. It was never ending. Whether it was the Ripperverse comics team being there, whether it was the other visitors, like again, Geeks and Gamers was there for a while with Jeremy. Uh, you know, Gary Nerdrotic was there and uh, Star Wars Theory was there too, barring it barring it. And obviously the con just didn't recognize and know how big it was going to be. And so hopefully in the future, you know, they're able to accommodate that. But we're across from that panel and we're just talking, right? We're just, you know, having conversations. And all of a sudden, we, and it was me and Blaine who kind of make this eye contact, like, what the heck just happened, man? And so we're, we're talking to each other, and all of a sudden, I just hear this explosion, like this, this quick little pop sound. And immediately, I'm like, what the heck just happened? Because I felt something wet hit me in the face, and I was just like, oh my gosh. And all of a sudden, I realized I'm covered in mustard. And then Blaine says something to the effect of like, yeah, it was a mustard attack. And I was like, wait. My mind quickly said, did, did someone just, like, attack us? Like, recognize me or the people around us, like, just hating geeks and gamers or hating, like, whatever it might be? It turns out, no, it's, it's actually a lot crazier and simpler than that. So there was this woman in one of these electric chairs, you know, moving along, moseying along, and a random mustard packet had been on the ground, and it makes sense, we were next to a trash can, and so there was a random one there that was in the walkway. She rolled over it, and because she rolled over it with her electric chair, it caused the pressure buildup in the packet, and then blew up. So I'm covered in mustard, Blaine's covered in mustard, you know, Mozamboni is covered in a little bit of mustard too, and it was just one of those things where, this is just so surreal. Like, how in the heck does this happen? Is this like one of these freak accidents that doesn't make any sense at all? Some of the things I don't think could ever be repeated the way that it was. But anyway, yeah. So thank you very much. Surprise mustard attack because it was cr it was so crazy. I can't. I honestly cannot believe. It. For a moment, I, I think I mentioned this. I felt like uh, Robin Williams' character in Death of Smoochie. When he's being transported out because, uh, you know, he it just was discovered that he had tried to set up, um, you know, Smoochie and everything like that. And so he's just yelling, 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 yelling. He's like, he's basically like, have you ever been connected with Nazis? Da, 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 da. And then at one point, someone throws an egg at him. He's like, I've been shot. It's like, that's how I felt. I was like, what the heck just happened to me? Oh, man. Crazy times. Let's see, Morak94, what's going on? Hanging out over on Rumble at 734. Stream looks to be working here. Good, 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 good. Let's see, Joy Horn says, autocorrect, sorry. You better be sorry. King and Rumshki, King Cake Rumshki? You could be King Cake Rumshki today. That is definitely, that is definitely the case. By the way, I had some amazing King Cake today. 
um, at work. And uh, yeah, it's not New Orleans. It's not, you know, the fresh stuff, the stuff that I prefer, but it's good. Mr. Roy, what's going on, good sir? Thanks for being a member on the channel, of course. One of my chosen of Valhalla. Keely Chow with the pizza emotes. What's up? Forever Sci-Fi. Posky is just Polish for donuts. I thought that there might be the case. When I said I was like, I bet I'm going to regret saying, oh, yeah, I've always heard about that, but never tried it. Unless you're going for a traditional feeling like prune or plum jam, you're just overpaying for what's a jelly donut any other day. Ah, gotcha. Well, as one that doesn't eat jelly donuts, something tells me that if it was like an authentic Posky, Maybe I would try it. I feel like there's a little bit of a difference there. Guy. Oh, it's this guy. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to call you this guy. Uh, how do you feel about the Dune popcorn bucket? I think it was ill-conceived, but hilarious. Ill-conceived, but hilarious. Um, I know that uh, Chris Gore is quite excited. I think he has one, or he has gotten access to one, or whatever it might be. Uh, but, yeah. Not really, uh, not really my cup of tea, but my wife and I recently watched Dune Part 1 because she had never seen it before, right, the Denis Villeneuve one, because she had read the audiobook. I had just finished the audiobook, actually, for the first time on my way back from Orlando because I had gotten more than halfway through before Part 1 first came out because I wanted to have some knowledge of the background and finally was able to, to finish it on that second long drive uh, back. And it's a really, it's a book I actually really ended up enjoying quite a bit. And it also made me kind of confirm the biggest issue I have with Dune Part 1 is the fact that they cut off at the weirdest possible place. Because there's such a big thing that happens with the death of, of Jameis. And I don't feel like I'm spoiling much of anything because, again, it's a story that's been out for a very long time. And the movie has been out for a long time, too, at this point. Uh, obviously, there's the older version, too. But when Jameis... Uh, when Jameis dies, there's a whole ceremony, right, about trying to preserve his water, right? Water is such a big deal. And to end it there, where instead of going straight to be like, we got to get his water, it's instead, oh, no, we're just going to slowly travel along, keep moving along until we get back to the CH and, you know, and and just kind of take our time with it. It's like, no, that's not that's not how that works. So that's still my frustration is I do think it's a terrible place for them to have cut off the story. But they also, of course, did, I think, spend way too much time on certain elements. If they were going to try to have a cutoff point, they would have needed to cut some things. So honestly, I wish that they had just done a, a miniseries, make four or five episodes, because then they could have told essentially the whole story and, and actually had good you know, cutoffs leading from one thing to the next. Anyway, Hardwick, what's going on? Hardwick says, did you catch the con crud? No, I, I caught the, the daycare crud. Uh, so... Yeah, I actually surprisingly uh, did not get sick from that. I actually got sick from from my kids, which makes a lot of sense, right? Because kids get everything and then we get them from from the kids. And so that's why when, when I got back, I had no voice. And that was just from all the talking. But then in addition to that, when I got back, I, I must have caught either I must have caught it when I got back or I had caught it before and it just didn't start manifesting until I got back when I started losing my voice. Because then all of a sudden it was like, okay, now I'm getting mucusy and essentially a cold, um, but nothing too too crazy. My voice was just awful last week. I think that was the main reason why. See, King of Rum, she says, Rumble has added drop-down list on the web to at people in the chat. Ooh, okay. Very nice. I thought that that would always be a thing, but I guess not. Master Gaming says, Oh, Mark Wahlberg did a commercial for the Super Bowl for this religious app. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's called Hallow. 
and it's it's actually a very good meditation app. I have some issues with it personally, uh, just because one, I don't like the translation of scripture that that's used in the app specifically, but also it, it almost it honestly feels often that they are trying too hard to commercialize. So what I mean by that is they're trying to get people like Mark Wahlberg, who again I think it's great that he is a open and devout Catholic and very open about his faith, but it it's you don't want celebrity to be how you market your prayer and meditation app, right? Because prayer is best done away from a phone, away from technology, right? And so when you are focusing it in that way, it, it I think just makes it feel a little bit inauthentic. It, it, it makes it feel more like a cash grab than anything else because you're like, oh yeah, look at all these amazing stars we brought in. It was they did this for, I think it was Advent, where they actually got Liam Neeson to come in and do some voice. And that caused some controversy because Liam Neeson, even though he he's Catholic, or at the very least, you know, has has been you know, has described himself as Catholic in the past, was a huge proponent of the change in law in Ireland to enshrine abortion rights, which which is the very antithesis of the faith. And so, you know, for him to be brought in, obviously he's not being brought in to teach anything, but still there is that, okay, yeah, but he's now doing prayer for a Catholic app, and so you're praying with him, but you're praying with him with the knowing and the knowledge that he is very much supportive of something that's intrinsically evil and immoral, so, yeah. All right, let's see. Dan Crane says, Hail Odin and the family of Odin. God bless all in the OMB Fellowship. Yes, thank you, Dan Crane, and also thank you very much for being a member for 21 months in a row. Shout out to you. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington says, uh, Odin Shrove Tuesday. Dang right. Dang right. It's all about being shriven. Um, Shrove Tide with uh, Queen Quagesima, my favorite naming of Sundays. Uh, so the 50 days, it just means like the like the, the fifth cent of 10 days because some people get in the, it's not exactly 50 days. It, that's not the point. But anyway, this past Sunday was Queen Quagesima in the traditional calendar. And again, I, I go to the traditional Latin Mass. That that's that's my jam. And so the the Sunday's Mass was called Queen Quagesima Sunday, which just refers to being 50 days prior to uh, the death, resurrection of Christ, and obviously getting prepared for Lent for Easter. And so it's it's got a great name already. But then there's also something called Shrove Tide, which begins on Sunday. And so there's some in tradition you see this the past Sunday also being called Shrove Sunday. And then having Shrove Monday, Shrove Tuesday. And the whole mindset is to be shriven means to be cleansed, specifically to be cleansed of sin. And so those were three days where the focus was, okay, if you have not gone to confession, now is the time to go. So that way when you enter into Lent, you can go in fresh, clean. Uh, you can go in right, uh, spiritually ready to take on the, the different challenges that Lent brings on. Keely Chow, they grow up so fast. Seriously, it's kind of crazy. Again, Dan Crane, thank you for being a member for 21 months. Steven, I say, what do you usually do for Fat Tuesday? You happen to eat donuts or pizza before Lent starts? Yeah, so I, I don't have any specific tradition itself. Mostly it's the only thing that I do for Mardi Gras, really, because obviously I'm born and raised in New Orleans. Um, and so I, I do king cake because obviously king cake is just delicious. But other than that, yeah, I, I actually, for Fat Tuesday, my tradition the last several years has actually just been to try to focus it as as Shrove Tuesday and and I try to educate um honestly it's kind of those passions that I have I think it's so important for us to be like yeah obviously Mardi Gras exists but do you know why it exists do you know why this has become what it has and just how far gone so many people are right 
because it's never been meant to be a day of excess. Gluttony is still sinful. So this is not a day that you can just be gluttonous all you want. No, it's a day that you come together. You're supposed to come together with friends, with family, and just to enjoy the things that you are about to be giving up for 40 days, right? You're about to be giving up for the season of Lent when we walk together with Christ into the desert as he did and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And, you know, it's the whole purpose of Lent, the whole purpose of Mardi Gras. And I mentioned before about how in the old days when you would essentially go vegan for Lent, that's why you would get rid of your milk and your eggs. And so that's why you would make pancakes. You would make donuts. You would make all these different, you know, types of pastries that need that stuff. But, um, yeah, it is, it's that, so that's really become my tradition and my passion is just talking about kind of like what the purpose of the holiday is and, and why it's just fallen so far. I'm very much looking forward to, to Lent. I still need to, after the stream tonight, I'll probably have to sit down and just finally like calm my mind and say, okay, I already have an idea. I already know what I'm doing, but sometimes I, I'm the kind of person I need to write down the things that I'm doing, the things that I'm going to be focusing on. The big thing for me is changing in, in diet. Uh, I won't go into too many specifics because you're not really supposed to be like, hey, by the way, look at all the great things I'm going to be doing for Lent. Um, but obviously, you know, there's going to be a level of fasting and abstaining from meats and stuff. But um, just to have it written down is, I think, a very good way of, of handling it. Let's see. Bruce at 743 says, if any of them could make the Knoxville con, that would be workable for me to be uh, to be attending. Yeah, I mean, um, I've when is Knoxville at con? Actually, before you even mention it, let me see Knoxville. I, I will tell you right now, I highly doubt any of them will go. And you have to think of it from this perspective. So most of them are going to uh, Las Vegas, which is is coming up in the next couple of weeks, I think. We're not too far away from, from Las Vegas, I think. So that's a big one for them. And so since pretty much everyone did Orlando, and now everyone's going to be doing Las Vegas... And after that, you know, typically in June, our, our recent tradition the last few years has been to do Dallas. Something tells me that any addition of cons probably just won't be feasible for, for most. It's something where I might, let's see, it's the weekend of March 9th and 10th. Uh, let's see. The only issue with that one for me would simply be March 10th is the day the Raven Awards are. Shout out to the Ravens. Gary Banjo Sandwith Worthington. I know that you're in the chat right now. He is my biggest uh, supporter of the Ravens. I always appreciate him. The voting is still on, everybody. Voting is still on. Please get your votes in. Cast your votes. Go to OMBreviews.com. Click on the Raven Awards tab. Brings you to the site, uh, to the page. You can find all the nominations. And then there's a little forms link. Click on that. Brings you to the ballot. I'm sure that mods can also post the link to it directly. So that way you don't have to go through that. But again helpful when you go through the website too so i wouldn't be able to stay that long for that reason i would have to basically like go up for a day and then come back for a day but also that's again it's always a little bit trickier because of um of everything else let's see oh wait never mind it's in july wait a minute why why was it saying before fanboy expo see this is saying march 9th and 10th that's weird but then when I click on the event, it says July 12th through 14th. That might be more feasible because that'll be summertime for me. Um, so, yeah, who knows? Whole nulls. But Let's see who is attending. Who is attending? I'll have to look at that later. But anyway, I'm sure that Bruce, you're going to be telling me in the chat because that tends to be how it goes with me. I get distracted by things and it's like, 
Don't be distracted. We'll tell you. We will give you the answer. Let's see. Guy, or as I now want to call him, Gee. Gee says, how do you feel about the Deadpool 3 trailer? I thought the Deadpool 3 trailer was, was interesting. The thing is with that one, I love Ryan Reynolds. I think he's hilarious. I think having him and Hugh Jackman on screen together will be electric. I think that it will be very effective. I think that it will be well done. However, I was immediately thrown out of the trailer when the TVA got brought up, which was essentially in the very beginning. So for those that have not seen the trailer, what they have done, and this is completely, I imagine, on behalf of Kevin Feige, on on behalf of the entire Disney cohort that now has influence over Deadpool, as beforehand it was all Fox, and and what we've gotten from that is, okay, we're now going to use Deadpool 3 as our jumping off point where we can tie in Disney Plus shows to the movie, because that's the whole TVA subplot, right? It's from Loki. And so that just kind of just was like a sour taste in mouth, because I'm like, look, if this somehow ends up being an idea that Ryan Reynolds had and the writers behind the film had, okay. But I just doubt that that is the, that is the case. So I'm, I'm still intrigued by it because Ryan Reynolds is the kind of person where he has enough pull in a movie where maybe he will be able to just crap all over it. If the movie ends up being crapping over the Disney Plus shows, crapping all over that stuff, okay, that that might make it worth it. But if instead it's going to be there's a couple of mild jokes, but the rest of it is just kind of trying to prop up the TVA and prop up Loki and prop up the, 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 the Disney machine, no thank you. So let's just say as as optimistic as I was for the movie, my optimism has probably been cut in half because of the TVA subplot. Or I should just say plot, because at this point, it seems to be the whole movie. All right, Kelly Chow says, I hope the Chiefs don't have a Sunday night game in 2024 because Sunday nights belong to Carrie Underwood. <laughs> Orange Hat, who is a member. Thanks for the member chat. He has also been a member for 43 months, dude. Thank you so much. Such a supporter. The man with the orange hat. Says, Swift claims to be a Christian and that Christian ideals support the murder of babies in the womb. She's more accurately supports anti-Christian values. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why it always bothers me whenever any of these actors and and singers and, and celebrities try to put on the airs, right, of, of, of Christianity or put on the airs of faith when they are clearly anything but. And the fact that we, again, have gotten so far and we can see, right, the the influence of evil has become so prominent that now there are people who honestly believe that, that somehow they've been convinced that, oh, I can be a follower of Jesus Christ and then also at the same time support the murder of children. Think of the cognitive dissonance, right? Think about how twisted one's mind has to be to think that that is legitimate. So it's not even that I'm doubting her faith. I just want to be clear because I think there are still, I think there's a ton of people who somehow have convinced themselves, have allowed themselves to be influenced, not by angelic forces, they'll say that much, to somehow believe that one can be a follower of Jesus Christ and at the same time a supporter of child murder. It it just, again, there is no connection between the two. They cannot coexist with one another. And yet here we are, right? So, yeah, I, I agree. It's just kind of it's kind of crazy to think about how far our society's fallen. 
See, Forever Sci-Fi says, Swifties can't afford Disney+. Plus. They blew all their money on the concert tickets and then on the the tickets themselves. Because remember, there was a special special sales going on for the movie tickets. It, it was something where they were only showing it on, on most weeks. It was only between Thursday and Sunday that the showings were. I think there was a couple of exceptions because of like holidays and stuff. And then the tickets were about what, somewhere between $17, $15, and $20, depending on your region. And it was like a standard flat rate, um, kind of like a concert ticket. So, yeah, they she made a bank off of that with the deal she had. Prince Green, who's a member, says, I'm not a Swifty, but the Queen Rock Montreal concert I saw recently would have been nowhere near as good at home as opposed to IMAX. Yeah, exactly, right? And I'm not a big concert person myself, but I know the first thing you do for concert for most people, is going to be in person, of course. The next tier after that would be watching it live with a either a theater where you have the, the big sound, the big image, or your own personal home studio where you have that. But let's be honest, most people don't. I doubt many Swifties have an entire home theater just so that they can eventually watch Taylor Swift concert movies. I, I just don't think that that is going to be the case. All right? Let's see. Hardwick says there's a theory that Taylor Swift's box office, Super Bowl, etc., are all rigged to make her look more popular than she is to pull a psyop that her endorsement can swing the 2024 election. Yeah, I don't really buy into the whole psyop thing. I know it's kind of being pushed. Do I think that there are political factions using her for their own gain? Yes. I think that's pretty obvious and apparent. You look at some of the people posting support. For the Chiefs, for instance, um, I think it was actually an official Democrat like Twitter handle had mentioned something. And it was funny because I think they actually got some of their information wrong. <laughs> like they they were shouting out someone specific and then it turns out, oh, they don't even play <laughs> for the team that you think that they play for. It's like that, I think, is the case. I think that they're trying to to LARP basically as being football fans, things like that. And Taylor Swift fans, too, trying to make that connection. Do I think that it's a massive psyop, though, to be like, oh, man, we're going to fake her. We're going to fake her box office numbers. We're going to prop her up all the time with the Super Bowl and everything like that to 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 have the refs call the. I mean, look, I think that there's a lot of, I think there is a lot of evidence to suggest that these refs have made bad calls. But here's the thing. Refs always make bad calls. This is not new. Every single game, if your team is losing, you're going to find bad calls. There's always missed calls. And so, again, to say that it's a whole production to try to get specifically that for the endorsement, to, just because someone believes that that can happen does not mean that that does actually happen. So, anyway. See, JJ52. What's up, JJ? Howdy, howdy, howdy. Steven, I say happy Ash Wednesday for tomorrow. Absolutely. Blessed Trove Tuesday in our preparations. Decide what you plan to give up for 40 days. Yes, I have. I've, I've again, pretty much doing what I did last year because last year it was, it was rigorous enough to where I, you know, was obviously, and this, this is the thing you always want to be careful of with, with Lent. You don't want to make it so much about you. You don't make it, you want to make it so much about like trying to make yourself suffer because there's a lot of problems that can arise with that. But you want to make it so that it's it's tough. It's against your normal routine. It forces you to actually start to think about what you're eating, when you're eating, things like that. Um, at least that's something that I know I myself can handle. Not everyone can handle that. 
but then at the same time, have it be something that can also benefit you spiritually too. So I'm kind of doing something similar to that. What I will say is as far as things generally giving up, and this is something that a lot of people do, any sweets. So no ice cream during Lent. So my ice cream will have to wait. But uh, but it also goes for anything else other than that too. Let's see. Gee says, I think we are seeing the decline of movie theaters. Showcase cinemas are closing all their movies in Queens. Well, we've been seeing the decline of movie theaters for a long time. I mean, COVID, I think, was just something that kind of helped to speed that process along, unfortunately. Um, but here's the thing. We have enough interest in films where I do think that it's going to be a long time before you have theaters just upright, you know, downright close altogether. I do think that AMC is going to have to have some kind of awakening soon because I've been following their stock price. I am a stockholder in AMC. I was hoping that that it would grow uh, as movies were coming back. It didn't happen. Uh, again, I'm not a financial expert, so don't don't follow me there. Honestly, it's because I got I only got involved in stocks and I have some money in like Bitcoin, Ethereum. That was more for lulls, to be honest. It's like okay, I have this extra money. You never want to go in with like serious investments for me, at least again, I'm not a financial expert. Don't take my advice on this, but if you have extra cash, it's like, well, why not just try it? So I have Dogecoin, for instance, I got, a, I got Ethereum, Bitcoin, but then I also have AMC stock too. And, and, and for that one, it's just been, it's been a, a complete loss because the value has been cut like in half since, since I first bought in. Um, but because of that, because now it's at like four or $5, for the stock, I just I can't see how they're able to sustain at this point. Let's see. Uh, Prince Green says, "Could Madame Webb be this year's Expendables box office wise?" Yes, uh, I think the difference there is that Expendables I believe cost a lot more. If if memory serves, if memory serves, I believe Expendables cost more. But let me see. Let me pull up my chart. Let me pull up my chart. So not much more. Expendables cost $100 million. This was as of the reported budgets, you know, months ago, obviously, when the film came out in 2023. Um, it needed to make roughly 250 to $300 million to break even, and it only ended up making $51 million, $119, 120-plus million dollars in financial losses, and that's without taking into account the smaller take internationally and, and things like that. But yeah, it was not good. That film opened worldwide to 19 million and then by two weeks at 36 million. So right now, according to the tracking of box office pro, it's looking like expendables will probably, sorry, Madam web might actually have a better domestic opening than international for expendables. So it would be one of those things where yes, maybe, but we still have to wait and see what it makes. Either way, I do think it's still going to be a loss. I think that if we look to a similar budget movie, um, I again, we'll have to look at the numbers here. The creator, I know, had a similar budget. So the creator had a budget of $80 million, So that means you need to make roughly 200 ish million uh, to, to break even. Let me see here. And so that film opened up worldwide to 32.3 by week two, had $61 million. And then that film ended up being a loss of around $57 million because it ended around $104 million. So, yeah, I, I think that if it follows that same path and does worse than the creator, like to me, the creator might be the better one because if it starts trending and tracking below the creator worldwide, 
let alone domestically, that's going to be that clear sign of, okay, yeah, this film is, is done. So I don't think the film's going to do much of anything right now, but based on the numbers we have available and the reactions we're getting, I don't see the film making it. Master Game says, Odin, I think Bob Marley, One Love, will be number one this weekend. Another poorly reviewed biopic about a musician, All Eyes on Me, did $26 million opening weekend. I mean, it doesn't have a lot of competition, right? I don't think Madame Webb's going to move the needle all that much either. So I think it'll be a battle between the two. But once we get those first numbers, we'll have a better idea. Once we get the, the Wednesday opening numbers... We'll be able to make some assessments. Steven says, just saw Dune last night in theaters, and I'm sorry, but it was boring for me. What caught your attention to it? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that here's the thing, all right? I'm a big fan of Denis Villeneuve. I'm also a big fan of slow burns, if they're done well. And and so I enjoyed it. The the cinematography is beautiful. The CGI effects are amazing, especially for how much of a budget the film had. Again, it wasn't a small-budgeted movie, but compared to some other much larger-budgeted films, the movie looks brilliant. I, I love the direction um, uh, by Denis Villeneuve. I, I thought that the actors were phenomenal. The thing that I think is absolutely worthy of criticism, though, is the pacing and is the story. Because my issue is with the story. It's with what they decided to leave out. It's with what they decided to to leave off on to. So that's why anytime someone criticizes the film as being boring, I think that's a legitimate criticism. I think that is absolutely legitimate. Let's see, Keely Chow says, I was talking about the Texans' chances of winning their first ever Super Bowl. Okay. Dallas Cowboys, though, are not the Texans. I'm very confused by this now. Mozamboni, what's going on, brother? School, he says. It's 822 in the chat. That was at 749. As I mentioned, I do fall 20 to 30 minutes behind, sometimes 40 minutes behind in the chats because I tried to read them. Tried to read them. See, Steven at 71 says, I'm curious, how did you enjoy halftime show with Usher? I'm surprised how Gen Z found it boring. I didn't watch it. I'm not I'm not an Usher guy, so I have had no desire to to watch it at any point. I've heard mixed things about it. Some have said it was good, some have said it was mediocre. I am like, I don't care. Scott McKenzie, what's going on, brother? Scott McKenzie, thanks for being a member for 20 months in a row. Appreciate you, brother. Steven says, are you going to the Vegas trip with Geeks and Gamers? Nope, 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 nope. So that's in April. Um, yeah, so here's the issue. Vegas is never going to work for me, ever. And, and the reason why is because the, this specific meetup, one, it's in the middle of the week. That That's already that's already done, though, right? It's like, for anyone that works full-time, how is anyone supposed to make that work unless they're in that re- area, unless they're in that region, right? So that's just never going to be something that I, I can make happen. Even if I could make it happen, though, the other caveat, not as big of an issue, but still an issue nonetheless, is the distance. So it's too far for me to drive. Like Dallas is like the furthest that I can go driving because that's about 10 and a half, 11 hour drive. And I can handle that. Um, Vegas, I, I think, would be what, 14, 15 plus hours so that would be like I would have to split that up into two days. I just can't do that. Flights would be expensive because in my area, I'm in a regional airport area. And so my tickets are always going to be a lot more expensive because of that very reason. Um, the biggest, though, the biggest problem is is the timing. It's just it's what it's the worst timing. And that's what always just drives me crazy because it's like, look, I understand that this is a great time for y'all. This is a great time for for people that do this full time. Right, because y'all can obviously take time off to to go travel and stuff, um, but especially with with my you know 
with my job. Also having my family too, because that's a lot longer being away. If, if we're you know traveling over multiple days, for instance, it's just never going to happen um, at this point. Let's see. Hardwick, what's going on, says, Criticlist seems to me sort of like IMDb's user review section, but with less useful ratings because of the tiny user base. Well, here's the thing. I think that it actually ends up being more useful because, you know, rule of thumb is having more people and having more data creates more accurate numbers. But we know that IMDb has gone through such a politicization where you have people that will go in and just spam the 10 star rating or will spam a one star half star rating because the fan base, because the user base, I should say is so low on critic lists. You actually just have a lot of people that are passionate about film. And so in many ways, the, the reviews and the ratings are actually a lot more authentic because you have normies, you have people that are much more attuned to the culture war. You, you have so many different factions, but because the numbers are so manageable it actually ends up being a lot more, um, a lot more manageable. So yeah, I, I would disagree on that specific point. I get what you're saying, so no need to explain it because I, I get what you're saying about the numbers. Um, but the other reason why Critic List is better is because it's free speech. I've had reviews be denied on on IMDb. I remember I put my review of Barbie there, and they refused to post it. Critic List is is a free speech platform for one. Not to mention the review system is retro and just again, chef's kiss. Mozamboni, what's up brother? Yes, it was great to meet Blaine. I am keeping in touch with him. Nice guy. He's such a nice guy. Uh shout out to Blaine. He's awesome. See, Steven says, "Oh boy, I'm sure you're going to have a blast destroying Madam Web. Everyone roasting the review for that movie. When do you plan to release the review for it? I need to watch it and I really don't want to." Um I think because of scheduling I think there might be two people scheduled for Friday Night Tides this week. I may not be on FNT. And so if that's the case, then my obligation to watch the film is not going to be as uh, important. <laughs> so I might end up just saying I'm not doing it. Um, because I, it's again, I, I try not to go purposefully to see bad movies. The only times I tend to these days are when it's homework for FNT. Because I don't want to purposefully waste my time, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, unless I think it's going to be like a so bad it's funny or a so bad it's fun experience. Madam Web just seems like a movie where I'm going to be like, ah, oh, this is such a waste of my time. Let's see. Mo says, the mustard is still in the back of my G&G poster. It's never coming off. I'm never going to wash this hand. Steven says, your thoughts on the Deadpool 3 trailer, especially the Disney joke. I liked it. Um, I've not seen it more than once, so I don't think I picked up every every single joke and every single comment. I know that there were some jokes made at Disney's expense for sure, but to me, it honestly, it honestly felt like, um, it honestly felt like it was still within enough of Disney's control to still be approved by them. Essentially. I want, I want him to throw bombs. Like I want him to throw, um, Molotov cocktails at Disney. That's the only way that you can really make any of that work to make anyone buy that that the film is not just trying to be speaking of psyops, right? Is not just trying to be a psyop for Disney trying to reboot their universe using Deadpool into the good graces that the Deadpool franchise still has with fans. 
Like, the only reason why Deadpool can conceivably make money is not because anything to do with Disney, but because of Ryan Reynolds and because of what they have done to earn the trust of fans and to be able to consistently give fans a lot of what they want. But I'll be honest, right? Deadpool 2 is not as good as Deadpool 1. Not even close. It's fun, for sure. A lot of fun to be had. But Deadpool 1 is still so much better than Deadpool 2. So, again, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do. Hardwick says, How big was that mustard packet? The ones I'm familiar with only hold an ounce or two. That's the thing. It was incredibly small. And yet, again, because of the pressure... It wasn't like, again, it's not like we were doused in mustard, right? It wasn't like it was like creamed all over. No, it was rather that because of, of how it exploded, it was really like just dots, like everywhere. So it doesn't have to be a lot. If it gets spread out enough, it doesn't matter. Zendo Deb, mustard con. Exactly. Ambrose Chamberbot says, covered in mustard. Hate when that happens. King Ropsky says, so you're saying Echo attacked you with mustard. Yes, that's exactly what I said, and I demand justice. Mustard bomb! Prince Green. Rob D. That's it, but Odin. What kind of mustard? Yellow? Spicy? Brown? Dijon? Honey mustard? This stuff matters. <laughs> I believe it was yellow mustard. You're speaking to someone that also doesn't really like mustard. I don't put it on anything. The only time I've ever eaten mustard is when you order something from a fast food restaurant and you ask for it. I'm the kind of person I love it plain. And then they forget about it. And then you're just like, I just don't even want to go through the process of using a napkin to wipe it all off. Even when you do, you still taste it. That's like the only time I've ever had mustard. So it's just not my it's not the condiment of choice for me. But I believe the one that that the, the one that attacked us, I believe, was yellow. Scott McKenzie, mustard is tough to get out of clothes. Yeah, I, I mean, I was lucky to be wearing darker clothes, so I don't think it was as big of a problem uh, for me. But I know Blaine, it, it, I think about 30 minutes to an hour after that happened, he was like, all right, I got to go. I got to change. <laughs> Steven, what was the best non-trailer Super Bowl commercial? For me, it was Michael Sarah Lotion. I didn't watch it. As I said, I didn't watch Super Bowl. I didn't watch any of the uh, commercials. I only watched some of the trailers. And I guess we've been talking a little bit about that tonight, uh, but let me go ahead and just jump over because I know that I've got about 25 minutes or so, and I want to make sure to talk about some of these things. So uh, shout out to GeeksandGamers.com. By the way, if you don't know, I am a writer now for GeeksandGamers.com. I have been writing now for a few weeks, almost a month it seems over there. Shout out to Alex. He's, he's been the guru over there helping me get articles posted. Uh, but he has a great resource. So again, GeeksandGamers.com. It's non-Deadpool Super Bowl trailer. I just I think that's such a brilliant way of doing it because obviously everyone's focused on Deadpool um, and for good reason. But I'll go through this list and just tell you my thoughts about the ones that I have seen and just in general what I thought about it. So first, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. So I saw this trailer. Um, I, I will say a couple things. One, I'll have to say a positive. The visual effects in this film for the trailer, look really, really good. If there's one thing this franchise has been able to do, it's been able to continue to innovate in visual effects. I remember being blown away by the work Andy Serkis did uh, within the Caesar trilogy that he was a part of. Every film, it just got better and better. This one honestly just feels like it's the pinnacle, right? It's showing you how much they have have really tuned and fine-tuned their effects to make it look very real and authentic. That being said, I'm really not interested in this movie. And it, it all comes down to the fact that the Caesar trilogy, I think, 
was a perfect self-contained trilogy, right, of this revamping of the Planet of the Apes franchise, I think it would have been better for them to take a little bit more time off. I don't think they needed to put any any more films out there. So King of the Planet of the Apes, I thought, again, visual effects look stunning, but I, I'm just kind of tired of, of the films now. I don't think that there needs to be another one. Um, as far as what I think the box office will be, it's hard to say because a lot of things, especially big uh, franchises, really aren't doing a whole lot these days. It's always kind of hard to tell. And this is ultimately a 20th Century Studios production. That means it's a Disney production. So, you know, a lot of money was put into it. Not a guarantee that money will get, you know, gotten it back out of it. Um, of all of the Fox properties, it probably has the better chance of making money. But anyway, uh, The Fall Guy, I've not seen the most recent trailer. But having seen the previous, uh, the, the first trailer that came out, I, I do still have some interest in this. It just looks like it's fun. Uh, I did watch Twisters. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So... Big fan of the original Twister, OG Twister. I still remember going to Universal, and there was the, quote, Twister ride. It wasn't really a ride. You went into this room, and then you experienced, quote, experienced what a tornado was like. So a lot of wind was blowing. Again, not a whole lot of wind, but a little bit of wind. And then the top of the roof that you're under goes up and crashes down, and you see buildings, fire, like all this stuff. It was fun, though, because I was like, okay, I like Twister. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, oh, my gosh. Why? Why would you make... Uh, is this a sequel? Is it a remake? I'm sure someone knows, but it's like, no. Of all the films to, to make, to remake, to reboot, to sequel, whatever you want to call it, I, I I will say I did laugh, though, because when the the poster or when the when the title of the movie is being posted... And then all of a sudden, you're just waiting for them to add the S. Ugh. It, that made me laugh. And it's like, this is not a movie I should be laughing at. That's that's not how the film seems to be playing off. Oh, gosh. Okay. Wicked. I am... Anyone that knows me, I am a musical theater guy. All right? I grew up doing theater. Did theater for over 20 years. Um, have, have been in the chorus. Have been a leading role. It's something that is a passion of mine. I also happen to be a big fan of the Broadway version of Wicked. I've seen it multiple times. This is a movie that I already knew was probably going to suck because this film has been in pre-production for, what, 20 years or so? It's been a really long time. It's like 15, 20 years. And it's it's been in pre-production so long that when they were originally thinking about making this into a movie... They were talking about using Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth, the original leads of that of the musical on Broadway, in the movie. That's that's how long this thing has been talked about. So now they've finally, you know, cast the film. And the first thing that I noticed, the first thing that makes my my mind immediately go like, uh, danger, danger, what the hell did Ariana Grande do to her face? And I mean that with all sincerity. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be funny. What the hell did she do? I think I've talked about this before that she's gotten work done, but she's here playing Glinda the Good. She is someone who is, she's a beautiful young woman and has been, right? But somehow when she decided to jump into the whole pop music crap fest, her, her singing has changed. Because she's not as great of a singer as she used to be. She used to be Broadway caliber singer. But now she's fallen so much into being this pop star 
That's what she's made her voice into. So it just doesn't sound as good. And then she's just messed up her face. And it's like, oh my gosh, why would you do that to yourself? So that, that was just breaking my heart the entire trailer. And then add on to that terrible CGI, clear green screen, just overly done. You know, you, you do have, I think, Jeff Goldblum is, is the wizard, which is okay. That could be fun. Um, but it's like, okay, this is like 10 years too late at this point. And I, I just don't think, knowing how long it took for them to make this movie, I just don't see how it could be good. Um, let's see. Never saw If. I didn't see that one, but this is John Krasinski. Um, so the fact that, uh, let's see right here. Uh, this is the comments from Alex. He says, this is not for me, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's a kid's movie, and that's fine, but the gag about Randall Park pretending to be John Krasinski doesn't land, and Ryan Reynolds looks like he's mugging for the camera more than anything else. All right now was the best part. Yeah, so again, I haven't seen that uh, trailer myself, but I know it's a John Krasinski film. Ryan Reynolds apparently is is attached to the film, and so I do think, I think he's the voice of the imaginary uh, character, uh, imaginary friend, which is what IF stands for, um, but yeah. I have some hope for that just because of uh, John Krasinski, but I have not seen the trailer. Didn't watch the trailer for Kung Fu Panda 4. I guess that's like, I don't care. Why are you making a fourth one? What is this nonsense? Haven't seen Inside Out 2's trailer, but something tells me that uh, I really hope that there's not some insinuations, as some people have speculated. Despicable uh, Me 4, never been interested in this franchise. Why? I know it's making money. I know it makes money. I know why. Okay, but still, why? A Quiet Place Day 1. This looks good. This looks fun. I'm a big fan of A Quiet Place. I love part one, part two. The fact that now it's out of the hands of John Krasinski in the hands of someone else. I always love when universes are established and then picked up by other creators. I I mentioned this previously about how the Continental was picked up by other creators outside of the John Wick franchise, making a story within the John Wick universe. So I think A Quiet Place Day 1 could be very fun. Didn't see the trailer for Monkey Man, but I've heard some things about it. And then, let's see, Duncan runs the final movie ad is another 30-second spot for Monkey Man. Okay, so he just added these last ones there. Never saw any of the Duncans. I heard the Duncans were the fun, were the funniest ones, but with the people involved, I don't know. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Let's see. Keely Chow says, I like to call Death of Smoochie the unofficial sequel to Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> That's, that has a lot of implications to it. Jeremy Zagowski, I don't understand. Would anyone be excited for Wicked Part 1? The trailer didn't look at all impressing. I, I agree. And then you add to that um, the actress who's playing who's playing Alphaba, right? The, the Wicked Witch. And she's hitting the notes that are iconic in the show. My wife even made this comment saying, why would you change some of the most iconic notes in the entire show? And, and she does. She, she makes it her own. And I try to explain it saying, well... That's actually been something that a lot of the the subsequent alphabets have been doing on Broadway, too. They all have their own different takes on songs. Most of them stay true to those notes, specifically. They, they change other parts of songs, like go for higher notes and, and other things. But my issue with it was that she's screaming. It sounds like she's screaming at that part. And it's like, no, that's not. It's a belt. It's supposed to be her belting the song, not screaming it. So that, that was where I was like, okay, I don't know how she's going to work as, as Alphaba. Let's see. Hardwick had to say, if you like the book Dune, you might like John Carter of Mars, books by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Yeah, I've obviously seen the, the Disney film. Not as bad as, as it would seem based on how much money it lost. King and Rumsky says, I heard a Super Bowl ad diss Jesus. It wouldn't have surprised me. I think I heard someone mention something about 
uh, some nonsense, but I honestly haven't seen it, so I can't say. Cthulhu says, our current president says he's Catholic. Proclamations mean nothing. Action means everything. Oh, I agree. And honestly, my frustration with, with, with Joe Biden has more to do with his bishop. The fact that his bishop and the bishop of D.C. especially has not done anything is atrocious. It, it's scandalous. It is the sin of scandal. Because when you don't censure or excommunicate someone, and I know that this sounds like harsh terms, and if you're not Catholic, you're like, oh boy, here he goes again. But the thing about it, excommunication is not just supposed to be a punishment, it's supposed to be a wake-up call. It's supposed to be, yes, you can no longer receive the sacraments until you publicly repent. So guess what? You can come back. It's easy to come back, but you have to be able to admit you have, you have uh, supported and endorsed child murder, right? In, in the case of Joe Biden, amongst other things in the case of him too. But like that, that's the thing that gets me. It's actually more so the bishops refusing to act um, than anything else. Force of Light Entertainment. What's going on, Michelle? Shout out to Michelle, Force of Light Entertainment. Um, if you've not watched the episodes that uh, Michelle and I and Carrie, uh, Carrie Smith from D Program with Carrie Smith um, and Brahma and, and others, it is such a fun time. It, it's all featured on Carrie Smith's channel, Carrie, Carrie Smith Deprogrammed with Carrie Smith. And we do a Christian panel, that Christian panel, and it's just so much fun. And it's fun planning out every episode. And we've had some really good conversations. Our most recent one was actually about the evils of, of pornography. And so very controversial subject, but I think a very important one too. All right. Kelly Chow says, JFK was more of a Catholic than our current president. It's kind of amazing because even JFK was getting criticized for his quote unquote Catholicism too. So <laughs> yeah, let's see. Uh, Force of Light, Michelle says, I will be at Knoxville Con, so will Jay and Carrie Smith. Okay, all right. I think I saw, it looked like, um, it looked like Gina Carano was going to be there, so, okay. Makes sense that Jay would be there, because I know that he's, he helps her at, at a lot of these cons. Um, but Carrie Smith being there, you being there, okay. Might have to make it a, a little mini event of it. Again, I don't think any of the other, unfortunately, I don't think any of the other Geeks and Gamers and, and FNT people, and again, when you're committing to the, the, the cons that they are committing to, anything more is going to be crazy. But since I know I cannot do Vegas, and Dallas is going to be up in the air no matter what, Knoxville at the very least would be something I, I could perceivably do, because I'd only be gone for for a day. So and, and it being in July is something that we could probably work out. Good to know. I'll have to make note of that. Thank you, Michelle. Shout out to Michelle. Rob D says, Oh, I sacrifice two hours of my time to watch Thor Love and Thunder for the Ravens. I will be willing to do the same for the Marvels because I love the Ravens. Well, Rob D, I appreciate your dedication. I oh my gosh, I need to get on uh getting the Discord server screenings going. Um, the one that I'm waiting on, and I know it's coming out soon on PVOD, is the Iron Claw. That's the one I really want to stream a lot because um it's a movie I think people need to see. It's not getting enough love. Anyway, Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington says TVA boo. Agreed. All right, what do you think the chances are that the TVA will be handled in a way that will work for people who haven't seen Loki? The chances of them actually doing something that helps the fans figure out what they've not been watching? Doubtful. They'll give them enough to understand, maybe. Um, but that ultimately will come down to the writers specifically of Deadpool and not so much the Disney influence. By the way, I saw this man. 
I saw this man come in the chat. The flick pick, John, buddy, what is going on? Let's see if I can get to his chat and highlight that real quick. Uh, shout out to the flick pick. What's going on, brother? Says, Monkey Man looks like John Wick meets V for Vendetta. What's new, Odin? What's up, brother? Thank you very much for stopping by. Send me a text. We, we, need, to, we need to catch up. We need to catch up soon. Um, shout out to you, good sir. Love, 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 love my flick pick, brother. Um, okay, yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard a lot of connections being made to John Wick. So that's why it's definitely on my, my radar of things to, to look into. But uh, I'll have to check it out, man. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. All right. Master of Gaming at 814 says, what is your favorite Super Bowl trailer and what is your least favorite Super Bowl trailer? So I, I kind of went through those already. So thank you for that member chat. Thank you for being a member for four months in a row. Good, sir. All right. Getting close to the end here. About 10 minutes left. Says, Kitty Chow, TVA to me stands for Tennessee Valley Authority. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. As someone who has seen that sign for the TVA, Several times in my time up here in Tennessee, yeah. Every time, every time I drive by it now, I'm reminded of that show, and I cry a little bit and die a little bit inside. Darn you, Loki. Uh, speaking of that, Laura, the modern major general, says season two was much better. I do agree there. I do agree there. Um, the only thing about season two, though, that was worth anything was Obi was the character of, of Obi. Um, and it was because I just love that actor so much. I think that he is just so fun. He's like, he's that actor where you just want to like put him in your pocket and just be like at any time. All right. I just need to have a good convert, a good, honest, uh, positive conversation. You know, it's like, you know how they have that, that timeline cleanse. I feel like he is that, you know, What's his name? Uh, Key. I'm blanking on his name right now. I used to I used to know it off the top of my head, but he honestly is like the walking timeline cleanse. That that's the best way to to describe him. The character of Obi absolutely uh, redeems a very small part of the season. Let's see, Rob D says I would die laughing at Deadpool three started with Deadpool saying, "Don't worry, guys, I suffered with you. I was forced to watch She Hulk twerk her CGI butt." Yep. Yep, yep, yep. If again, if he starts throwing bombs, if Deadpool starts throwing bombs, trashing the entire MCU, trashing especially the Disney Plus shows, that will be worth it. Master Gaming says, Odin this year's Super Bowl. Okay. Uh Force of Light Entertainment says, very true. JJ52 says, Why did you choose the name Odin? What do you think about the MCU's Odin? Uh I love Anthony Hopkins. I thought he was he was great in that role. Um, I thought that was it was really cool to see. Um, so I, I mentioned this story before a long time ago, and I, I obviously will bring it up every time since. It was a nickname I was given when I was in high school, um, and it's because in New Orleans it didn't get cold very often, but when it did, it would get into like the 30s, 40s. But I love the cold so much, I would never wear sweatshirts. I was just like, I just love this weather so much. So I'm just standing out there. Everyone else is like, I'm so cold. I'm from New Orleans. I can't take the cold. And they're in their sweatshirts and everything. And so one of my friends started calling me Odin. And he's like, oh, okay, Odin. Right? He's like, oh, how are you not cold? Oh, okay, you must be some Norse guy or something. Fine, Odin. So he started calling me that. And it just kind of stuck. Let's see. Cthulhu says, uh, my team lost because the lizard people are backing Taylor Swift boyfriend's team. 
<laughs> JJ52 says, Odin deserves more subscribers. Well, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Um, it's a fun time. I, I like, again, I could do the grind. I, I could do the, I need to build up all my numbers and everything. But it, it's just, again, I, I do it where it's fun. So if my subscribers go up, that's awesome. They've been going down recently. That's fine, too. The fact that I have dedicated people that I can talk to during streams, that's like the, as, as long as I have that, I'm okay. So thank you guys for, for being here, allowing me to not ever become a person that just is talking to himself for, for an hour and a half, because that, that would be bad. 36 people on YouTube still watching. Thank y'all. See, Keely Chow, is it time to do some Steiner math? I don't think I have the time to do the Steiner math uh, tonight. Uh, me and my monkey. Okay. Thanks for all the work you do. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Michael Burgett says, I just saw the Fathom Events is picking up a new indie film called Man and Witch to release this summer. Has an interesting cast. You should look it up. Okay. Yes. First, I'm hearing about it. Uh, Shen Hong over on Rumble says, is Mad Cow Web Sony or Marvel? Mad Cow Web. So if it is anything related to the Spider-Verse, it's Sony. I don't know much about Mad Cow Web. I am not a comics person, but it sounds like something spidery because of the web part. If that's the case, I believe Sony has the rights then. Uh, specifically to the the film. I think it's what, film and TV? There's a very specific... It's such a crazy thing when you think about it because Universal, right, has um, the rights to certain characters for like rides and stuff. That's why there's still the Incredible Hulk ride. There's like the whole Marvel like land, right? All of adventure, all the Marvel themes for the ride. So they have certain rights that they have access to, or they've at least rented. I don't know the full, full explanation. Sony then has rights to films specifically for spider, Spider-Man comics. Like I said, th- I think that includes all cre- That's why, you know, Morbius was Sony, uh, you obviously have the Spider-Man films, of course, all come directly from Sony as well. Madam Web being Sony. Um, I think I already mentioned Morbius Venom also to Sony. So it would be depending on that. Let's see. Kitty Chow, if you were able to make it to Vegas, I can picture you trying to get some. <laughs> no, I, I probably would just I, I wouldn't because. Again, there would be so much stuff going on. I would be trying to keep my head on straight. Like, just honestly to not freak out because of just the amount of people. Because I feel like there's already so many people in Vegas. You add on top of that everything else. Let's see, Popcorn Cobra. What's up, Popcorn Cobra? Says, I recently created a YouTube for movie and TV show reviews. What would you your, your advice on growth on YouTube be? I'm one of the worst persons to ask about that because growth is honestly not one of the things that I focus on. Just, again, because I do it for fun. Um, but I, I know that consistency is key. Find your lane to, and, and stick with it. So if you're going to focus on moving TV, focus on moving TV. Don't, don't try to delve into other areas because otherwise your algorithm will never get picked. You'll never get picked up in the algorithm, but be consistent too. So, um, whether it's short form or long form, it depends on the month because YouTube's changing things all the time. It used to be that if you had a movie, a video that was 10 minutes or longer, you got prime access for a time it was if you had less than 10 minutes it was prime it, it is so infuriating so what i would say is stick with stick to your lane find out what it is you want to talk about and then make sure that you're consistent um because that, that's how you can guarantee growth whether it's exponential growth can't guarantee that um 
but people do appreciate just consistency. Kelly Chaz, what would you do if FNT officially becomes Friday morning tights in a couple of years from now? If it ever becomes Friday morning tights, guess what? I, I can't do the show because I work full time. Um, I would only be able to do summers. My, my hope, my hope amongst hope, and obviously it's tricky because we have at least one person who we, we've changed the entire time for because of it being middle of the night for them in, in the UK. But I would love for it to go back to a later start because if the show started at seven, I could be on from start to finish. The, the only reason why I can't be on from start to finish is not because I can't go stream for a long time. It's because it's at the worst time because at, at four Eastern time, I'm just getting home from work. So I have about a 45 minute window before the kids need to be picked up. So I've just recently, because of both kids now being at daycare, been able to figure out how I take care of drop off in the morning. My wife then does pickup, which then allows me to be on for an hour and a half without any interruptions. But then they get back by about 530 and guess what? Three-year-old and four-month-old. It's not fair for my wife to have to handle <laughs> all that when she gets back. And so that's when I start to become more, you know, back and forth with it. And the only length of time I feel comfortable, uh, you know, leaving her alone without any help is is going to be that 30 minutes between 530 and 6. Um, and, and after that, it's like I, I wouldn't feel comfortable because... I think that if we could ever guarantee, and this is always a trick when you're dealing with a boomer uh, who's running it, right? If we could ever get it to be a full three, like uh, like literally a perfect start, 4 p.m. we start. That's our start point no matter what. If we're 10 minutes late, 4 p.m. is still that time. So we end right at 7. I might be able to actually work that out to be on the whole time. But because it's three hours and 20 minutes, three hours and 40 minutes, it, it's a lot harder to, to make that kind of commitment because of family. My guy says, I'm not planning on seeing Madam Webb to the read this weekend. Planning on seeing Bob Marley film and the Russell Crowe, Liam Hemsworth film, Land of Bad. Interesting. Or Sci-Fi as said today that he may be obligated to see it, but that doesn't prevent him from walking out of the theater. Yep, he's done that before. He has done that before. He's also not seen movies before, too. The R hates Deadpool 2. If Reynolds roasts Disney in a, cat, in a Cartman voice, I'll throw them my money. <laughs> I don't blame you. All right. Let's see. Keely Chow says, this confirms that Odin is still a member of Geeks and Gamers. It does. It does. <laughs> Orange hat. The man of the Planet of the Apes was always going to be rebooted to a degree. Expect more movies after Kingdom. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's clear they're setting up the next set of films. For me, I'm like, I'm kind of over it. They need to take a break. Amber Chamberpot says, Twisters, we've already had the Sharknados. This is true. Rob D, I hope Twisters gets like an 8K physical media release to call back to Twister being the first film available on DVD, if I remember right. Is that true? Wow. Kiki Rumsky, is Jason Statham going to be in Twisters? Good, good gracious, I hope not. Hardwick, the same thing that happened with Wicked happened with Last Voyage of the Demeter. It was in development since 2003. At one point, Viggo Mortensen was going to star. Dang. And again, makes sense why it... Uh, Apparently did did not hold up. Let's see, Hardwick says, speaking of actors botching their faces, did you ever notice how Aaron Moriarty, best known for the boys, looks now? It's tragic she got mad when Megan Kelly did a new segment. Yeah, she claims that she didn't. She claims that it was something else, but no, like you look at her face and you can tell she's gotten work done. And it's always sad, right? It's sad when anyone does it for any reason, right? Un unless you have gotten into an accident. Like plastic surgery was invented to help people who were in accidents that needed to have their faces reconstructed. It was not meant to be, oh, I'm getting older and I need to look younger. 
And, and it's always sad when people do that because, for one, it's someone denying the fact that they're aging. And this is something that we all have to go through. We can never stop it no matter what we do. And in many ways, it's a slap in the face to the divine image that they've been created as, you know, because them trying to have control over it. And honestly, I think there are some people where I think it's partially mental illness, right? Because again, think about it. What's going on? They're looking at themselves and they're seeing something that is not actually there. What else does that sound like? Other mental illnesses that we know about, right? And so I think that there is a part of that. And so that's why it honestly is sad. Will Rykernet4 says, wow, see y'all later. Oh, the R says, I hear Bishop Gregory had stepped up trying to change traditions even more than usual. Yeah, I mean, he has been one of the worst persons, honestly, when it comes to the Latin mass, when it comes to traditional Catholicism, for sure. Michael, we got Iron Claw is out on PVOD today. Ooh, okay. I knew it was soon. Tuesdays tend to be the day. All right, I'm gonna have to look for that later. And then try to see if we can get access to it. Would love, 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 love to be able to um, do some stream parties with that. Some watch parties with that, I should say. Rob D, regarding Arna Grande's face changing, I share similar thoughts with Ellen Page. Why did she do what she did to herself? She was pretty, in my opinion. No, I mean, there's a lot more issue going on there for sure. But mental illness, go back to right, right to what I said before. Gabriela G, good night to you. JJ, no, no problem. No problem. Uh, Hardwick. Mad Cow Web is a nickname for Madam Web. Ah, okay. Yeah, then that is Sony. Interestingly enough, though, I, I believe if you look to the production companies, Marvel, I think, actually put put up some money. I think they were listed as a production company, not, not just as a... Um, they're obviously not the distributor. So, you know, I think back to how they put up... They usually don't put up a lot. Like for Spider-Man, for instance, they only put up, I think, 25% of the budget for no way home and so they only got 25 percent of the returns so I, I wonder if did they put 25 percent of the budget up for madam web i don't know i don't know let's see orange has says gotta go get to the bar room podcast yeah i'm about to head up myself plus surgery never ages well madonna looks like nightmare oh my gosh seriously it, it's it's awful i doubt uh Aaron moriarty had plastic surgery to look younger it looks like she had uh Bucal fat removal, which makes one look older. It looks like Anya Anya Taylor Joy and Palm uh, Clemency did too. Oh well, that just makes me upset because that might be what it looks like. But no, like you can tell, like there's there's something unnatural about the way they look. So again, I'm not an expert on it. All I can say is from what it looks like, and it it just does not look good. Matt 317, what's going on, brother? Been a while. Says, I see Madam Webb, and all I can think of is the nerd crew from TLM now. <laughs> nice. The R, God bless you. That's going to be it for me tonight, everybody. I do need to head out um, one of the last nights that I can enjoy ice cream as we are about to enter into the season of Lent. So I hope everyone has had a blessed Shrove Tuesday. Let this be, uh, obviously, a time for us to be able to try to start to enter into this, this incredibly holy season um, of the year. And so remember, whether you're Catholic or not, because I know many people who watch me, most people who watch me, in fact, are not Catholic. Lent is a time that anyone can partake in, is something that all of us can do. And I think just finding some small thing to sacrifice is is a very good thing. Whether it be saying, you know what, I'm just going to give up sweets for this period of Lent. I'm going to give up soft drinks for this period of Lent. I'm going to start to work out a bit more, right? Those are very small things, right? 
But if that's kind of where you are, obviously you, you do what you can you can handle um, and try to build up from there. Uh, Rob D reminding me, of course, yep, uh, it'll be the last time for ice cream. Oh, I can't even sing because I'm, I'm getting so so tired um, vocally. Still tired. Still haven't fully uh, found my rest there. But luckily, T has been doing wonders so far. But anyway, thank you all again for watching. This has been fun as always. Make sure you smash the like button. A lot of the fire button. Honestly, smash the rumble button as well. I love you guys so very much. Starting next week, we'll be in the season of Lent. So we'll, of course, be uh, catching up with each other, seeing how we're all doing, doing doing our Lenten check-ins as we have done in years past and look forward to doing again. So you guys seriously are all amazing and beautiful people. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. And as always, God bless.